Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Holy gee, Williker heel turns, Batman. There were a couple of them on this show, including Santos Escobar breaking up the LWO, at least the core members of the group, that is. I am Tempest, your host of the SmackDown Weekly Podcast here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast channel, alongside my lovely and wonderful co host, Sat Ian Yangi. Sat, what's causing all this? It's Saty Day. I'm back from another break, and, and I promise you guys, I'm, I'm around here to Christmas. <laughs> That's when my next annual leave is. I, I'm so sorry that every time Tempest comes to the office, like, okay, who, who's covering? for him now you have me for the foreseeable future what's causing all this hill turns you get a hill turn you get a hill turn you get a hill turn well something happened on smackdown that wasn't bloodline related for once and the most overlooked portions of smackdown finally got elevated the most underrated group in lwo and the women's division so i'm happy that the noise have been made on smackdown for Positive reasons. So yeah, that's what's causing all this. And also, a little surge of energy. Ooh. <laughs> I feel the power. Ah, oh, Tempest, your lovely tones. You set the set the stage. What's happening? What's causing all this? What's causing all this is we open SmackDown this week because we are going to start from the beginning. Oh, it, yes. It's nice when we get to do that. Mm. I thought the beginning of this show was very good, very well put together. Everything flowed very nicely. We started with Kevin Owens coming out in his T-shirt and tie as he was filling in for Corey Graves, who just had a baby. Congratulations. Carmella. Congratulations to the happy couple. Kevin Owens comes down. He's going to be the commentator for this episode of SmackDown. He is then very excited at the arrival of Rey Mysterio. He's a big fan of Rey Mysterio. He has said as much during his short time on SmackDown thus far. I see that being a match that we will get at some point in the future, and I'm very excited to see it. But he's very excited to see the arrival of Rey Mysterio and the rest of the LWO who come down to the ring as Rey says, Logan Paul, without those brass knucks, you wouldn't have beaten me. He's upset. And there's a notable absence from the group, from the LWO, and that is Carlito. Carlito then makes his entrance separate from the group, comes down to the ring and says, Ray, nobody wants to see you as the U.S. champion more than me. But you are placing the blame on the wrong guy. You shouldn't be blaming Logan Paul for using the brass knucks. You should be blaming the guy who left the brass knucks on the ring apron, Santos Escobar. Or as he says, Santos Escobar. Indeed. And they then come face to face, and Santos Escobar is upset. And it's really interesting, I assume we are going to see at some point, mm. where the actual intentions and everything lie with Santos, whether this is just an accident that then led to something and he didn't appreciate being called out like this, etc. Yeah. But... Either way, for the sake of this segment, Santos is not happy. Santos leaves the ring, exits through the crowd. Ray and Zelina Vega then go to follow him. And while all this is happening, you've still got Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro talking to Carlito, and they're all kind of just like arguing, but 
You know, it seems pretty civil. And this is when the arrival of Bobby Lashley comes in mm -hmm. because the scheduled match for the show is Carlito versus Bobby Lashley. So I really liked how this segment then flowed into the match. I thought that all happened very well. And the promo segment wasn't too long. It didn't get dragged out to a five, 10 minute thing. It no. was just very quick. Here's the point. I'm upset about this. You should be upset about that. And then we move on. Mm -hmm. Very good. Mm -hmm. We then got our match, which was Pretty standard opening match. Not a whole lot to it. The Street Profits and the LWO members still at ringside all got into a brawl. This was enough to distract Carlito, and he was hit with a spear from Bobby Lashley for the pin. After the match, the Street Profits got in the ring. They beat down on Carlito, and Santos Escobar then arrives back at ringside, but he doesn't help Carlito. He doesn't help the man that was just accusing him. Mm -hmm. And Rey Mysterio then comes out with a chair and clears the ring. They all scatter. We don't see Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits again. And then Rey Mysterio gets in Santos's face and says, listen, LWO means familia. We're together. Enough of this. He kind of shoves him. And then they separate. Rey goes to check on Carlito. And there's a lot of like hesitation and consideration in Santos's eyes. And then he goes over and he hits Rey Mysterio from behind. Not a full beat down. But he hits him one time and Rey Mysterio is staggered and then he gets up, he goes over and he punches Santos Escobar. And so they've each gotten a shot in on each other. It's just like frustrations are boiling over, sometimes like instinctual reactions coming out. And they're both just kind of like, ah, I shouldn't have done that, ah, whatever. They both end up on the apron and they're, t they're having a heart to heart. They're talking. And then Santos Escobar pushes Ray into the post. Yep. And he hits the post and sort of drops so that one leg ends up wedged between the steel steps and the post. So he hits and he drops and he's selling all this. And Santos Escobar says, you are my hero, Ray. You made me do this. And he walks over and he drop kicks the steps into Ray's knee. And that's the end of the segment as Zelina Vega comes out. He's like, why are you doing this? She had a very good performance. Santos goes to the back and then is immediately shown leaving the building after being asked why he did it. He said, Ray had it coming. So that's your opening segment. The LWO members of Santos Escobar and the rest of the group have now gone their separate ways. Who's going to lie where in all of this? We still don't know. There is the Legato del Fantasma connection with a lot of these guys having a lot more history than some others. Maybe we will see a wedge being drawn there. That is all going to be remaining to be seen. But Sat, yes. what did you think of what I thought was a very effective heel turn to open the show? I was shocked. Here's me thinking, like, you know, long-term storyline booking, it was going to be a gradual thing. I thought, I thought when Ray came out, he did the usual thing where he didn't mention that the brass knuckles left behind by Santos. He's just blaming, he's, he's just blaming what he saw. He got punched in the face with a knuckle duster, and it's because of, you know, Logan Paul. But afterwards, when, when Carlito came out and then, you know, he kind of like called that ball. was like, listen, this guy dropped the ball and he clearly he's got some sort of issues. So I thought, okay, this is like seed, you know, been dropping. It. So it'd be like mm -hmm. weeks of progressive breakdown. But no, it happened all at once. But it needed, I guess it needed to happen. You don't have to drag out things for weeks on end. And then, you know, the nuggets have been dropped there for ages. Is Santos Escobar genuine or is he not? Even till now. Even after he turned on him, even you, my friend Tempest, you're not sure if this was a calculated hill turn or is this in the moment he got tired of the accusations, he got tired of being shoved, he got tired of being slapped, Ray gave him a couple of slaps to calm him down, he kind of got punked out and he said it, he kept saying towards the end, I I put this together. I've got the tattoo in my hand. I'm, you know, I so in his mind is like none of you we wouldn't be unified or solidified if it wasn't for me because in his mind yeah, he did a lot of positive things. He dissolved his own group and then incorporated it into Ray's old group. He gave him all the respect in the world, called him the you know, best and, and you know all that kind of, in, in Santos's mind is like he's done nothing wrong. He he had a championship opportunity which he couldn't def, you know defend. He gave it to Raymond Stewart, he gave the blessings. So as far as he's concerned, he's been selfless for the group the whole time, and everyone else is being disrespectful towards him. And I remember saying it to, to Pete when we were talking a few weeks ago, if the Hilton did happen, who who will align where? And I and I kept saying of everyone in LWO, besides Rey Mysterio, the only other person that's had that mild success in the group has been Zelina Vegas. So I can see her being torn. But when it comes to Cruz, 
uh, Del Toro and Joaquin Wilde, they've had no success. I'm sorry, they've had no success in LWO. They're the LWO job squad. They're the ones like, you know, eating pins. So I could see them saying, yeah, I'm tired of eating pins. Is this LWO colors? It's ruining me. <laughs> Where's our van? It's time to start kidnapping people again. I could see them going back with Santos, you know, restarting Legado. And then it would be Carlito and, you know, raise a veteran team. And the third person probably being Dragon Lee. I was about to say. A great yeah. man's think I like. You you can say your piece about how you think the feud's gonna go with Dragon Lee involvement. But yeah, I feel like that's gonna be probably that might be the, the WrestleMania feud. Cause I initially said a one-on-one feud, but I think the one-on-one feud may happen earlier, maybe happen at the Rumble. And then maybe that the 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 drawn out nature would be who the rest of the members are gonna join. Mm. And maybe Zelina might be the last one to choose. I feel like I could see the other lads because Zelina hasn't. We have to remember Zelina only known them on the main roster, so technically she doesn't have that kind of uh, uh, alignment and association with Santos like Cruz and Joaquin. So I can see Cruz and Joaquin saying, "That's our boy. We're gonna go with our captain." And then Zelina will be like, oh, "I don't know. I'm getting pushed for the first time. I was Queen Zelina. It didn't really work out. <laughs> I've, I'm over." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And again, is your is what do you prefer? Zelina's a heel or babyface? She's a great performer, but it's like people people argue her best performance was being El Idolo's manager, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's her shining moment as a as a as a speaker on a microphone and as a performer. So she maybe she turns heel. You know? Yep. I think it very well could go that way. I think I would pre- personally probably prefer Zelina Vega as a heel, but that's not like the main thing that I'm looking at when I'm trying to figure out where they're going to go with this story. Mm. Because I've been looking at the whole LWO thing for the last few months, basically since Rey Mysterio won the U.S. title. And we were talking about, oh, do they have Rey's U.S. title be the catalyst Mm -hmm. for a WrestleMania match between Mm -hmm. he and Santos Escobar? Yeah. And I think that could have been a way to go, but that's obviously not the way that they are going. Mm -mm. So that's fine. We adjust. Because I also think the prospective matches that we can have for the U.S. title at WrestleMania are also good at this point. Yeah. Thank you. L.A. Knight and Logan Paul, I think, is the direction. But we will see. The point I'm trying to get to here is one way or another, we are still heading towards the Rey Mysterio-Santos Escobar match. Bingo. And I like having that as something, as the carrot leading this horse during the major uh, major segments on SmackDown for the next little while. Mm. If, Lo- if my God, I'm getting all my wrestlers mixed up. If Roman Reigns is not going to be on this show for a while, and it mm-hmm. seems like he's not, I think the LWO breakup is something that works for me as an anchor for this show for the time being, paired with what we got in the main event, which we will get to. I think Dragon Lee being involved in this makes a lot of sense given what we have seen previously. Mm. I thought he was going to be the sixth man in their tag team match when it ended up being Carlito. Uh, Given what had happened on SmackDown previous to that, he seemed eager to back them up. No, uh, so the week you were off when it was me and Pete, we we laughed, we we hoped it it wouldn't be because Dragon Lee was down the hall and Ray goes, I need to make a phone call. So me and Pete start making the joke. Dude's down in catering. What do you need to call him for? So we we assumed, I assumed it was Carlito from the fact that he said he needs to make a phone call. Because mm-hmm. Dragon Lee just did a promo. He was in the building. So it's kind of like, I need to make a call. I'm like, Ray, you don't need to make a call. He's just, he's in catering. Just go up to him yeah. and say, hey, hey kid, you want to team up with us? But yeah. But regardless, yes. I didn't see that SmackDown. But <laughs> I, I, I kind of sense because you know it's our break for a reason. You yeah. can you know anyway. What I was trying to say is, it was your birthday. You're off. You don't need to watch wrestling. But yeah, Dragon Lee was around, but they didn't go with him. They didn't go with him. No. So I still think that makes narrative sense. Yes. Though, if that's the direction that they want to go. However, now we start thinking about it long term and what the plans potentially for WrestleMania are going to be, because you and I were having a conversation about how long they can stretch out Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar as a singles match. Mm -hmm. And WrestleMania doesn't have to be the time where you get the first singles match between them. It's just where you would hope you would see a blow-off match between two people. So this could be a deal where, depending on how severe this kayfabe knee injury is to Rey Mysterio, 
we might get to see a singles match at like Survivor Survivor Series. I keep wanting to call it Survival Series. It's just such a better name. Everyone should go and watch it. Yes. Survivor Series. <clears throat> Ray and Santos at Survivor Series, and maybe Santos wins that match. Mm. And then you can come back, and maybe that's the match that takes Ray out for even longer. He tries to wrestle on a bad knee, and he ends up paying for it. Yeah. And then he doesn't come back until the Royal Rumble. And they have a run-in in the Royal Rumble, and they both get eliminated, and that can then build for the next match at WrestleMania. Maybe, or if his injury is that bad right now, maybe we just don't see him until the Royal Rumble. Yeah, because when we were in the office talking, I said that Carlito could be the surrogate to yeah. drive the feud forward. And you just have Santos and Carlito, Carlito defending the honor of his, you know, comrade, comrade, you know, Rey Mysterio. They they feud for a bit. You know, Santos probably picks up the victory. Carlito probably picks up the victory. I don't know how the ending would be, but it's just a way to extend the feud because the feud is not just about Santos and Ray, mm -hmm. it's everyone else involved. Because I, I, the more I think about it, of course, because of, because of like the turn happened now. The first match could potentially happen at the Rumble. They could mm -hmm. come back for the Rumble. They have a match at the Rumble or whatever. Because I'm starting to think more and more it could be a six-man tag situation at WrestleMania. Interesting. Yeah, because it is it's a, it's a WrestleMania-style match because you not because there's really enough singles matches we can have a Mania. That's what I'm, I'm trying to get at. And mm. I feel like do you need an exciting, crowd-pleasing WrestleMania-style. You know, all, all these guys, trios match. That's a Lucha Libre staple, do you know what I'm saying? And you're saying with a Dragon Lee involved and Rey Mysterio and, you know, the Legado guys involved and maybe having Zelina as a referee, she's still not, she's still not decided. <laughs> you actually wrote your eyes at that because you don't want to... I don't like referees being the hook for big matches. That's just you don't, me, but... You don't, yeah. You had me until that point, though. I, I had to go with sports. <laughs> <laughs> that was the book match and then Vince was like... Ah. Puzzlina's a referee. That'll be the draw. <laughs> but yeah, I can see the six man tag being like the the big blow off match or the big uh, marquee match. It gets mm. all six guys on the show because he's like, oh, what do we do with Dragon Lee? What do you do with the Legado guys? Because the Battle Royal's not there anymore. I'm not saying that Dragon Lee's a Battle Royal type guy because you know Vince's not there anymore. But still, I can see that. Um, Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio wrestling at Elimination Chamber or Royal Rumble. And then you have all six guys doing a gang warfare situation at WrestleMania. I mean, you know, it sounds exciting to me. The, the more I think about it, like, ooh, I'm probably leaning more towards that. Because it will break, break up the monotony of Rey Mysterio style feuds as well. It's like he had a blood feud with his uh, son last year over betrayal. And it kind of changes a bit. It's a betrayal, but it's like a group betrayal because it involves more than one person. Is everyone mm -hmm. involved. So the dynamic does change. Yeah. I, I think you're right. You know, I, I don't know whether I would rather see a six man tag or see a one on one match at WrestleMania, but I think they would both be very good. I think my I think it, it would happen. I think both matches would happen, but we don't know which one happened at Mania. That's yeah. a funny thing. That's exactly. I was thinking as you were saying that it's like, well, maybe you do the trios match at Elimination, Elimination Chamber, Chamber mm -hmm. and then use that to build to WrestleMania. Bingo. Or maybe you do it at WrestleMania, or maybe you do the singles match at WrestleMania and then the trios match at Backlash or something. Exactly. Like that. So it's gonna happen, guys. If, yeah. When it does happen just remember we we we, <laughs> we we theorized this you know that we came yeah. up with this so a very effective heel turn on the day though i thought oh just in in general i thought that the gradual decision making progress was illustrated very well in santos escobar like it wasn't like a just a switch is flipped and he snaps and he's angry and he goes and he beats him up. It was like he did it and then he was like, oh, should I have done that? And they did it again. And then he really had to commit because now he's like, well, now I've done it. So you're right. The whole thing. I thought it was just executed very well. Because when he did it, yeah, I was like, did he? He hit him because he, he raised him up like he was tr trying to comfort him. I was like, no, you attacked him. Are you going to lie that someone else attacked him? It was it was a bit bizarre because when it happened, I was like, because I, I saw him kick out Carlito. That was intentional. But when it, the initial hit, it, it was mm. very weird. It was like, because when you go to attack someone, you do full force. He more like tapped him. It's more yeah. like, uh. <laughs> And then it's like, and he held him. And it's like, it was meant to be you and I for life. And you see that he's heartbroken. Santos is heartbroken. And it, and I realized it's been a trend on SmackDown. You've had heel turns where it's like you said, it's not a flip of a switch and then the, the personalities mm -hmm. change. It's kind of like you're seeing the thought process as a gradual turn. They're gradually getting more and more angry, more and more, you know, uh, you know, psychopathic <laughs> in their intent. Because like, even like though I used Jimmy Uso's situation, it wasn't a full-blown heel turn. 
racing. More like he's trying to rationalize the heel turn. You got all these heels trying to be like, no, I'm in the right. He, I'm the victim. He accused me. Why should I defend a guy that accused me, Ray? Doesn't make sense. Who is this guy? I didn't want him in. You're inviting too many people into this group. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all of that. I feel like he, there's a lot of pent up frustration that he's been swallowing for the benefit of the group. And so in his mind, he's like, nah, enough's enough, man. I, I've given you a respect, but you didn't respect me. I'm Santos Escobar. I'm, I'm the emperor of Lucha Libre. He's coming back. And the song, please don't change the song. Give me a legato theme. <laughs> legato. Legato. It's a theme, it's a bop. So let us know what you thought of Santos Escobar's heel turn on this show. Where you think the LWO is going to go and who's going to end up on either side of this LWO civil war. Let us know the answer to all those things in the comments down below. Make sure to like this video and subscribe to the Wrestle Talk podcast channel so you never miss a fun podcast. Before we like move it. on, do you think there's going to be a new LWO with Dragon Lee, Carlito, and Ray, or is that going to die? LWO I think, I, I, Legado. LWO I think Legado. once we end up splitting... I think that will kind of be it. Like, I don't think you're going to see Rey Mysterio and Carlito and and Dragon Lee if that is the trio that we get. Or I don't a temporary think... one. Okay. After the feud's over, then they get rid of the colors. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't see it being a super long-term thing for them. They just debuted a new theme this year. <laughs> Viva la raza! That doesn't mean anything to these people. They'll rig up another one. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Anywho, we will move on with the rest of our show here because that was not the only heel turn that we have to talk about. Oh, no, no, no. Bailey comes out next for a promo, and she comes down and she says that she's always been the mastermind behind damage control. She's always had a plan for damage control, and things have always gone to plan for damage control. EO and Dakota were women's tag team champions. EO wins money in the bank. EO wins the WWE Women's Championship. Everything has gone to plan. That's why she's a little bit pensive about the return of Kyrie Sane, who shows up and helps EO retain the title at Crown Jewel. And 
This is then followed by EO coming out with Dakota and Kyrie, and they all come down to the ring, and EO's like, isn't this what you wanted? I retained. I got some help and I retained. And Bailey the whole time is just kind of like waiting to be jumped, it felt like. Mm. She shows the footage on the big screen. Why would you do that? Which is like, yeah, why would you do that? Why would you just remind the person you're a little bit scared of that you attempted to murder them? But regardless, that's what she does. She shows the footage from 2020 of her beating up Kyrie backstage during the pandemic era. And that was the last time we ever saw Kyrie in WWE. And so, with that fresh in her mind, Kyrie just says, Bailey, I forgive you. And Bailey's like, okay. Mm. And they all get ready and they all have a big group hug. And Bailey's like, I'm not a hugger anymore. Please stop hugging me. I don't like it. I feel uncomfortable. And at this point, Bianca comes out. Bianca says, I'm going to beat up everybody in damage control. And Bailey laughs at her. And she says, but thankfully, I am not the only person that doesn't like damage control. And Charlotte comes out, and then Asuka comes out. So you can already start to notice that lines are being drawn, battle lines are being drawn, maybe for a potential big team match that may or may not be coming at the next pay-per-view. It's conveniently scheduled, is what I'm saying. But it's the way things always are. Gang warfare happens in November. Everybody knows that. War games. War games. So this match is then set up for later in the show. The main event is going to be Asuka, Charlotte, and Bianca against the damage control members that can currently wrestle and are not out due to injury. That being EO, Kyrie, and Bailey. And I saw this come together and I was like, holy smokes. I haven't seen a women's match on SmackDown with that much star power in donkey's years i am i don't even know how long like legit those are six main event women's wrestlers all in one match together Mm -hmm. and we've seen like good title matches on this show we've seen charlotte and eo have have their match oscar and eo had their match both of which were very good matches and everything but it's a a one-on-one match and in some ways that's that's better but in other ways here you have six Women that are all great in the ring at the same time, and you just don't see stuff like that on SmackDown. It's a, it was a dream match caliber, but before I, I, I want to add Dakota Kai also, you know, she chimed in in a, in a promo which kind of elaborated where her mindset was because mm-hmm. everyone everyone had a theory of what's happening. Is it, is it going to be a coup? Is EO going to take over the lead of damage control? What does Dakota think of this? Dakota did said a line about saying how um, she knew about the recruitment of Kyrie and how they're trying to help Bailey because um, recent results have shown that you know in their mind Bailey's overwhelmed the pressure and the burden of being a leader has become too much and they want to help her. I've been reading between the lines in people's promos and because weeks ago I think you were off uh, for for this one. Um, Charlotte Flair did a promo on Bailey, said, what happened to you? You used to be great and now you're you're taking pins, Mm. blah, blah. Initially, we all took it hard, you know, because Charlotte Flair, how dare you say that to Bailey? She's doing something you'd never do. And I started reading between the lines that they've been sowing a seed Mm. of a Bailey babyface turn by mentioning certain things like she hasn't been herself in a long time. She's in a rut. So this rut is meant to end with them basically beating her up and chucking her out. If war games does happen, it's more likely it's gonna happen. Yep. I can see Bailey eating the pin, and that's when they kick her out of the group. Sure. I mean, that's the only way. As much as you want, as much as you don't want to, people are crying on, on, on Twitter, oh, two years in a row, uh Bianca's battalion, they're gonna beat damage control and blah blah blah. And I was like, Damage control should have won last year. This year makes sense for them to lose for the storyline they're trying to tell. Because if mm-hmm. they win, it's kind of weird. It, it makes them even more bigger jerks if they do win. And Bailey did get the win and they beat her up anyway. That makes it more sadder. But I do see like ODLA kind of situation they're doing with Bailey. Like, you know, you don't have what it takes anymore. And mm-hmm. the babyface runs were, were meant to reinvigorate and show it. I still got it. Yeah. I, I think you're right. And we'll talk about this more when we get to the main event. Because no it does seem like War Games is the direction that we are headed. War Games! But before we get to that, we had Dragon Lee once again facing Cedric Alexander, and Dragon Lee got a big video package before the match. They seem to be doing this with this little TV program as of late. It's very good stuff. WWE's 
video production is second to none, of course. And here is once again shown, giving people more and more of a reason to care about Dragon Lee and letting them know that he is awesome, even if they couldn't tell through these matches. Because this was a very fun little match. They were busting out, you know, there were their work rate moves. There was Falcon Arrow, I think, and a uh, Michinoku driver, and it was a Tempest special. Yeah, I love how Koi would be, and he's like, "Oh, it was a, it was a work rate match. It was a Tempest style match. You need to put your stamp of approval so people know what type of match you like." Yeah. So if you want to impress Tempest with your knowledge of wrestling, you know what to send to him on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Tempest style match, baby. That's why this was a lucha resu. Yeah. yeah. Listen, listen. The kind of matches that I like seeing on TV yes, are matches like this, mm. where not every match... I mean, you look at this match compared to the match that I completely lost my mind about a few weeks ago, where it was Dragon Lee and Cameron Grimes versus Austin Theory and Grayson Waller, mm -hmm. right? That was a match where I looked at it and went, this match serves absolutely no purpose. Because as we have seen since, Grayson Waller and Austin Theory are just geek losers on this show. And that's a perfectly fine role for them. Just a couple of, you know, goofball heels that can get beat up by a, a real star. That's fine. Them beating Cameron Grimes and Dragon Lee did nothing for nobody. These matches don't have a storyline hook to them, but they feel like professional wrestling matches. They are competitive showcases. They mm -hmm. are exhibition matches where you get people trying to build momentum. Yes. And even though there isn't like a big storyline coming out of it or any big character moments or anything, mm. you do feel like Dragon Lee getting some wins over another guy who's very talented does up his stock in a kayfabe sense. And even in a not kayfabe sense, because he's still new to this WWE audience that maybe hasn't seen him on NXT mm -hmm. or in New Japan yeah. or in CMLL. You get to see a lot of his moves for the first time. So they're showcase matches in that sense as well. But even for a hardcore fan like myself, I know when I see Dragon Lee and Cedric Alexander's names on the card in a singles match, that's the kind of match that is going to knock my socks off. Yep. Doesn't have to be a four-star banger or anything, but I know that the work rate is going to be very high, and that's not the, that's not the be-all and end-all to a lot of people, but it's a little bit of something for everybody, and that's what makes these shows so much more enjoyable to me, and why I thought this SmackDown in particular was very good is because there was a little bit of variety to it. It was... Here's this storyline match. And then a big main event with a lot of top stars and a trios match. And then in the middle, you get this nice little hardcore wrestling fan. It, it just extravaganza of Cedric Alexander and Dragon Lee. There are so many people on the WWE roster yeah. that are so talented at having really high quality matches that just don't get the chance to. Mm -hmm. And then every so often, like we saw with like Kofi Kingston and Ivar a few weeks ago, they're just allowed to go out there and just have a match, tell a story in the match, and let it be great. And that, to me, is where this roster really shines. It's not in weekly skits. It's not in little weird tag matches that don't mean anything for anybody. It's in letting some of the better wrestlers just go out there and wrestle. And it doesn't have to mean a lot. But it means something to the people that like that style of wrestling. And... Maybe there are other places where you can see it, but knowing that you can get it on WWE programming gives a different kind of fan base a reason to tune in. And it was with John Cena. Nice speech. Thank you very much. No, it was really nice. Whoever's editing this, please clip it for like the end of the month highlight <laughs> recap because that was good. It's so passionate. I'm not watching. I'm like, dude is cutting a serious promo on, on the good quality of what... WWE could be what makes it great what made the show great it is variety that's where we get frustrated sometimes because we know their potential they've got deep pockets and 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 resources to actually create a, a a uniquely incredible show every week if they choose to so we're hoping this is the TKO era of WWE we're hoping that we're going to see more of this kind of stuff because it was quite good it was quite good pretty pretty good and Dragon Lee got the win in this match with his currently unnamed Destino! Shout out to Kevin Kelly. This is a very good match. I don't know if we'll see it again, but 
I'm always down for seeing Dragon Lee. Hey, hey, I'm just pointing out there. Do you think because uh, there's the backstage segment that happened with B Fab still looking at street business? That's what I'm calling <laughs> it. I, 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 think I need to tr- you know truncate that the, the the names down. I'm calling him, I'm calling him street business. She's she's on the screen and Ashanti the Adonis is like, hey, you know what are you doing kind of thing. I'm like, oh, Shanti's been left behind. Because mm. no offense, yeah, B Fab does have charisma. Her, her in ring her in ring skill set does not match her physical charisma and her mic skills because at one point it's easy to forget she was raw underground announcer so that's how much <laughs> faith they do have with the microphone so yeah I can see her fitting in nicely with street business what do you do with Ashanti and then you've got Cedric Alexander lurking around and I keep saying there's Apollo Crews lurking somewhere on Raw but I can see Cedric Alexander being a tag team with Ashanti he can be a mentor taking on Ashanti who's still relatively new to the business and they you know do something Cedric needs to do something Cedric Alexander's too talented just to, you know, just wrestle and do nothing. He needs to be spotlighted. I, I, it just popped into my mind. I'm like, what do you do with someone like Ashanti D.V. Adonis? Because no offense, when they came to the order of people in Hit Road that I, I liked the most, no offense, he was always on the b- bottom because I didn't really know much about him. Even when he was in the group, he was like more of the hype man. I was more into, you know, Swerve and Top Dollar. And I, I assume Top Dollar had a, a bright future in the business because he had the look and the... Uh, and the charisma. I thought he's gonna go far. Look how wrong I was. But anyway, uh, in the totem pool, Shanti was never the guy. And even when they were in the group, he always seemed like he was quiet. So, what do you do with a guy that's you know was always like the odd man out in a group? So I don't know. I'm a bit worried. I hope they do something. Mm-hmm. With, they have a plan. B Fab, yay! Shanti, who is Shanti? I do know a bit about Shanti. You know, he's a former Marine officer. Maybe they might tap into that, but the last time they tap into someone's marine background, it didn't end so good. <laughs> Why are you gonna bring something like that up on this show? I'm in a really good mood. I really like this SmackDown. I don't, like I don't have a single thing on this show that I don't like, and you're over here bringing up Lacey Evans. <sighs> <sighs> anyway, next we have L.A. Knight. Yeah, yeah, coming out. And he cuts a promo about how he would have won at Crown Jewel if not for Jimmy Uso. He went out there and he went toe to toe with Roman Reigns and he hit him with a BFT and he put him down for the one, two, three. And if Jimmy Uso hadn't stuck his nose in his business, he would be WWE champion. He got robbed. So this then brings out Grayson Waller. And astute viewers will know that Grayson Waller and LA Knight have quite a bit of history in NXT. That was not mentioned at any point during this show, and it was certainly not treated as an important factor during this show, but I thought I would bring it up anyway. Grayson Waller cuts a promo on on La Night. La Night. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. Such a douche thing. <laughs> douchebag. I love it. You, you know them ones where sometimes like, I, I can believe he's a douchebag because he plays it so well. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked you're acting because you, there's no hint of, of fraudulent behavior in behind how you're acting. Mm-hmm. It, it oozes it. Yeah. So he, he gets a promo on LA Night and he says that, do you really think that you deserve to be in the same ring as... Roman Reigns, and such and such. And they end up in a brawl, and there's, like, goes to commercial, they come back, and they have a match. And the whole time, Kevin Owens is just clowning this guy on commentary. They end up going over to the commentary desk. Kevin Owens keeps saying, you have too many sparkles on your gear. Get those sparkles away from me. I hate sparkles. And they get back in the ring. And, I mean, this match was fine. It was... Fairly average. TV match. It was a TV match. And LA Knight wins, hits the BFT, gets the win in like very convincing fashion as well. And I will say, just because I'm in a praise, praising mood today, I want to say, even in something like this, I can see that WWE has taken great steps in their presentation of baby faces. Mm. Because you look back a few years ago. And one of my biggest pet peeves in all of WWE was that no matter who you were, what kind of babyface you were, you were going to sell for like three quarters of the match. Yeah. You know, didn't matter if you were Asuka in your debut match against Emma. Like, forget all of NXT Asuka. That never happened. Mm. Now Asuka is selling for 75% of her match against Os- against Emma and then is just going to fire up and hit a kick and lock in an Asuka lock or whatever. And that's the finish. But like... 
Asuka didn't appear dominant in those matches because she was a babyface. She had to sell. You look at a match like Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe from that Backlash show that everybody hated. And that match was awful because even though Roman was not a guy that people wanted to get behind, mm. he was a babyface and had to sell for the entire match. And there's certainly nothing particularly wrong with that formula when it works. But a lot of the time, WWE would force their matches into a box that it didn't fit. And now you're seeing a guy like L.A. Knight, who's very popular and just came off of a pretty big main event match against Roman Reigns at a premium live event and go into a match with Grayson Waller. And if this had been a few years ago, I would bet that Grayson Waller would have taken a lot of this match and then L.A. Knight would have like just eked out a win or just fire up and hit his finish. Whereas this could be a little bit more back and forth and everything. But when LA Knight won, he stood up and he didn't look like he was even breathing hard. He was the star. He should have won. And he did. And he did it convincingly. And I think that presentation is so much more effective to WWE's babyface roster than it would have been just a few years ago. Yeah, you're right. They, it seems like they're breaking, they're breaking up the formula they used to have before. And that's the reason why moving, uh, moving, uh, in the last 20 years, they have a lot of credible upper tier baby faces than mm -hmm. ever before. But going back to the promo that LA Knight <laughs> did with Grayson Waller, there was a few sound bites that I wrote down that I wanted to elaborate for anyone who doesn't watch SmackDown yet. Because LA Knight, as my astute colleague right here said, LA Knight and Grayson Waller is almost like Rock and Austin levels of feud. They go way back. They feuded. <laughs> it, 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 to the point where when they started feuding, actually, Grayson Waller was a babyface and LA Knight was a heel. They actually had, they actually, they actually swapped places. They actually had a double turn in their feud. LA Knight had a, a, a brief babyface run in NXT because of his feud with uh, Grayson Waller. Because Grayson Waller was such an overbearing babyface that he became a heel. <laughs> so anyway, in NXT, Grayson Waller beat LA Knight, I feel like two, three times. LA Knight could never win a match with him. When it came to like backstage segments or whatever, LA Knights would get the upper hand. But when it comes to actual matches itself, Grayson Waller always beat him. So to come to the main roster, where both guys have had microphone times before, I don't remember LA Knight ever cooking Grayson Waller this bad before, but whoo, he went to town on him. Excuse any kids there, but I say a certain language. Grayson Waller calls LA Knight a kangaroo jackass, which got a little snorting laughter from Michael Cole. And he goes, the Grayson Waller effect sounds like an STD. And he mentioned your schoolboy haircut. Speaking of schools, he said, you look like you're not allowed 50 yards of a school. And then he mentioned mother's basement. He's saying that all Grayson Woolley ever does is, you know, always on the Twitter machine. He goes, you could take the boy out of the of his mother's basement, but you can't take the mother's basement out of the boy. And also, he's got big intel energy. So yeah, LA Knight cooked Grayson Waller in that promo real good. And good old Grayson was a good sport. He nearly broke character at one of the insults, which was the 50 yards from school one. He went in hard. You'd think, yeah, someone hates Grayson Waller, so they want him bury him, bury him. But, you know, we're not in that era anymore. But still, he cooked him hard. Barbie, shrimp on a barbie, as they say in Australia. <laughs> Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Because you, you, because there's not, there's nothing I can add to it. I just, I just remembered. That I was like, these are tidbits that I need to say because yeah. I know because you, you focus on the action. I, I focus on the minutia, the minimal stuff. That he's, he's a big planner. I'm the small little planner. <laughs> and that's why we complement each other so well. So this was, I thought, a fairly effective segment. Like it wasn't anything I will especially remember weeks from now but in terms of how you portray a guy immediately following a main event loss that pretty much like everybody except for one guy i talked to at our live event really thought that la Knight was going to lose i thought they did a fair enough job of like keeping his heat and everything you know he still feels like an important guy still got a big reaction and he got a big win and he cut a promo on a guy and you know belittled him but it's grayson waller and it's la Knight. a few know? years ago though you 
you know, I, there might be smoke to that fire. A few years ago, if this match happened, I could see Jimmy Uso distracting Eddie and I. And Absolutely. <laughs> him losing to Grayson Waller. Absolutely. And then probably have a rematch down the line in 50-50 booking, right? Eddie and I gets his heat back, but it's still 50-50 booking. But this time, no. Definitive victory. Move along swiftly. And don't forget... Kevin Owens has been doing commentary all night. He did his brain scan. It was on your, on your note. You're that's that, yeah? where I was going, getting right. to next. There you go. Sam. I think that's a very good point to bring up because, again, a lot of these things that I've brought up over the course of this show as well of, like, the progress that WWE has made and the changes, they've all been gradual. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been stuff that's happened over the last year or so. And when we did our show, sat here talking about Vince McMahon leaving and granted he came back or whatever. But when we talked about what we were going to see in the changes from WWE, it's like, I don't think there's going to be this, like, huge change in everything overnight or anything. Mm -hmm. But talk to me again after WrestleMania. Talk to me again in a year's time. And now we're in that zone where all of a sudden things just make a little bit more sense i might not love all the booking decisions and everything no. on a grander level but a lot of the actual like just basic wrestling booking has been very much cleared up where you don't have the guy that just main evented your last pay-per-view just losing to a geek heel on the next week's show because he got distracted by whatever so mm -hmm. those things i think are a big improvement we then had Kevin Owens making fun of Grayson Waller and Austin Theory because he's got one of those deals, the NFL analyst thing, where he's drawing circles on the screen in the yellow electric pen, and he's drawn a circle around Grayson Waller's head and be like, ah, here's the loser right here. And also take me back to last week where I punched Austin Theory and Grayson Waller with one shot. Look, here is Austin Theory's face and here's my fist coming in at terminal velocity and boom. And then he's drawing little happy faces on both of them. It's, it's, it's what Pac McAfee was doing last year. Kevin Owens is a funny guy. And also, shout out to OG viewers. Probably the brain healing used to do it. He used to do the brain scan. That was mm -hmm. the, the good times. I, I love it. Have a screen and a pen, and you're making fun of a hill baby face. Warms my heart. Yeah. So Austin Theory and Grayson Waller don't like this. And they come out, and they start antagonizing Kevin Owens a little bit. And they then pour water on Kevin Owens' head. And Kevin Owens doesn't like that. He goes, and he beats them both up. He leaves them with a stunner. And they go on their way. As I later find out, Kevin Owens has been suspended by Nick Aldis for this, which I don't know why exactly. Because, like, seems pretty standard wrestling stuff. I guess if you want to make the argument that it's like, well, he was a commentator on this show, and a commentator can't be beating up the competitor. Actually, or whatever. It was actually mentioned. So basically, going back to the uh, Rey Mysterio attack. Um, Kevin Owens established he's a huge fan of Rey Mysterio Michael Cole even said oh you guys are friends so when the attack was happening because my mind's more fresh because I watched it an hour ago so uh, that's why I'm going over this Michael Cole mentioned to KO I know you probably want to step in and stop this and but you can't because the commentary gig he promised that he's not allowed to get involved yeah, and you know. he gets suspended so it was mentioned during that point so it's like a continuation of that yeah I watch these shows at like 6 a.m. So no, 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 that's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. Listen, I'm not throwing it under the bus. I'm saying that no, no, no. my mind's more fresher because, you know, you watched it once. You took the notes because you're typing notes as you're doing it. I basically type notes and I pause it. He's watching shit live and wherever. Yeah, I, I heard that part of the portion of, of the promo and it's basically a follow up. When it was mentioned, I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's a great way for why mm. KO, you can step in and be part of this feud if you wanted to be as well. But he's like, oh, I can't. I'm doing commentary. Mm -hmm. You know, Nicole said, if I had to get involved, I get suspended. And later on, he punched two guys and he got suspended. Mm. So at least they're set up and pay off there. There you go. Either way, Nick Aldis is handing out punishments a little too liberally for my, for my liking. I mean, he gave Jey Uso a, a fine and everything for just like, attacking his brother but like that's just what you do in wrestling i think but whatever i don't care it's all fine stuff i hope that just means that like kevin owens kevin owens will be suspended for like two or three weeks and then be the the fifth member of the babyface team at war games or something like that i think that's all well and good oh, oh you mean a part of like a weird feud between nick otis and adam pierce adam pierce was oh since you're suspended here you can come in temporarily and maybe like, you're, and you're meddling with one of my wrestlers yeah, could 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 well be something. Tip for tap. For yeah, tip for tap. 
So backstage, we have Jimmy Uso saying that he is going to face LA Knight next week on SmackDown, and he gets a phone call from Roman Reigns. And then we had our main event match, our big star-studded main event match of Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, and Asuka against Kyrie Sane, Io Sky, and Bailey. Now, I went into this match going, wow, look at these guys. Like, holy smokes, who's going to take the pin in this match? Nah, uh, uh, uh. I didn't have to worry about that. I thought it was going to be Bailey, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could well be, but like, you look at the lay of the land here, and it was mm. like, okay, there's not like an easy choice, you know, like there is in some matches where it's like, okay, we've got five stars and you. Anywho, this match, good. It was mostly an angle, but while it was on, it was good. Good mm. workers involved and everything. And Bianca ends up being the one who is taking a lot of the heat. She's making the crawl for the hot tag. Charlotte Flair is not on the apron. The only one that is there is Asuka. So Bianca is crawling, and she makes it to the corner, but Asuka takes her hand away, leaves her hanging. And Bianca's like, how could you do this to me? (laughs) You've only betrayed me so many times. And Bianca gets up, and Asuka spits the mist in her face. And so at this point, she gets in the ring and she hugs the other members of Damage Control. And Charlotte Flair gets over and they they all uh, the match breaks down. There's a brawl. The match gets thrown out. It's a no contest DQ, whatever you want to call it. And Shotzi runs in to try and make the save to no avail because she's Shotzi. And I, I she's know, not going to take it, on five of the top stars in WWE. Even her energy as she came out, I was like, bless her. Yeah. She goes down. All of them get beat up. The heel team stands strong. EO hits a big moonsault. Kyrie hits the insane elbow. And you have a new established, I don't know if they're just going to be called damage control with more members or whatever, but <coughs> you have EO, Kyrie, and Asuka as an incredible trio, also paired with Bailey and the injured Dakota Kai. This, this is some life being breathed in to the SmackDown women's division. Because we have said for a long time, it seemed like a revolving door situation Mm -hmm. where one of Bianca, Charlotte, or Asuka always like exits for a little bit when one of them comes back. And it seemed like it was Asuka's turn to take a a few weeks off since Bianca got back. And now, maybe that's not going to be the case anymore. Now we can actually have all these members of the SmackDown women's division on TV at the same time, you have Kyrie Sane, who to me, I was losing my mind when she came out. You can go and watch the tape at our live event, live reactions, where Kyrie comes back because I'm like, SmackDown gets a friggin' win. SmackDown gets some new top women's talent to mix things up, freshen up the division, and immediately this whole package is once again fresh and yes it is going right into war games and i don't know who's going to be on the other side of this war games match if that is the way they want to go but i'm into it this main event just had an energy to it you know Mm -hmm, what i mean mm -hmm. it i always say these shows should end with like big trios matches because these matches are always fun you get a lot of star power in the main event and this one felt big there was no one in there that felt like a spare part This was just six top stars, and you get a big angle, and granted, is it that big of a deal that Asuka once again turns heel for like the second or third time this year? Also against Bianca Belair, who probably shouldn't trust Asuka at all, but I don't really care, to be honest, because it means that we've got Io, Kyrie, and Asuka all on the same team, and that is just very exciting to me. It is exciting times. So yeah, when the when the hill turn happens, so Oscar does the green of the blue mist on Bianca Belair, showing sky blue. That's how you actually do a mist. Um, she got she got into the ring, and then she starts signaling towards Kyrie, and Kyrie did a little thing like where she looks a bit hesitant, and they do a big hug, and then they got Kevin Patrick a reunion of the Kabuki Warriors, and then and then next you know you've got EO like yeah all is forgiven we feuded during you know SummerSlam time but yeah we're buddies again they were in there and Bailey's like it's like her worst nightmare she's like what the crap is going on man <laughs> like, what the heck is going on we've been feuding with Oscar and for eight what's going on because again the whole episode is Bailey thinking she's getting jumped I think that's the that's the been yes. a recurring thing she's like ah oh, this is 
I'm the leader and I don't know. If I'm the leader and I don't know what's going on in my own group, I am screwed. She's like, look what happened to Farouk. We don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> he added Mark Henry without me. You know, that's what it felt like. And then um, EO gestured towards Bailey. Bailey, me, me too. Oh crap, you're not hitting me. Oh good. So she was happy to hug this time. She's like, oh, this is great. Don't ambush me. And then, then Dakota got in with it for the hug as well. And then they beat up. Uh, when Shotzi came out, Shotzi did like her Ashley Masaru like run. <laughs> she got into the rig, <laughs> and then she got she got demolished. She like she took down Bailey because again Bailey's now like whatever you can take down Bailey, you know. And then everyone attacked her, and of course when Charlotte came back into the ring, Charlotte being super Charlotte, she was able to hold her own for a bit. It took all like five women to take her down and beat her up. So yeah, say what you will. There's a new group happening. And I'm, I'm starting to think Dakota may stay with this group because there's someone in the back saying, we need an English translator. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, they need, they need a, a, the, the, the promo cutter. They'll be like, EO said this, blah, blah. They're all going to speak in a native language, which is great, but they, they're going to need an a, a, a English speaker in the group to, you know, speak for them. And the fact that Dakota's got a knee injury, she can be the quote-unquote manager for the new group when they do eventually kick out Bailey because mm -hmm. they can say Bailey you know you don't have what it takes anymore you couldn't cut the mustard it's going to be very interesting to see where all this goes because I do think you're right I think eventually this leads to Bailey being excommunicated from her own group mm -hmm. but then what happens after that because I'm still very curious as to what the top matches are going to be for Wrestlemania mm. you start considering who's going to be the champion going into that time, who their challenger's going to be, what that means for the Royal Rumble, perhaps. Because if they want a new winner for the, for the Royal Rumble, maybe that means that Becky Lynch isn't going to win it if she's going to be the one facing Rhea. Again, we that speculation, of course. But you look at the different combinations, and I think one of the ones in the front of a lot of people's minds has been like Charlotte and Bianca because they haven't done that match yet. That mm -hmm. seems like a WrestleMania match, 100%. That could be it. Of course, that would require the title to be moved onto one of them, and they're never slow to put the title on Charlotte Flair, of course, but Bianca's just had a long run. I don't mm -hmm. know if that, at this exact moment, is as intriguing an option as something involving these damage control characters. Maybe you have Bailey challenge for the title as a babyface against EO at WrestleMania. Yeah. That I think would be very intriguing, both from a storyline perspective and just from like Bailey's one of the only horsewomen that hasn't won a Royal Rumble, mm -hmm. hasn't really gotten that big WrestleMania moment in recent years. I don't know. You're thinking what well, I'm thinking. I was going to say that. Yeah, yes, yes to all of that. This has to be, thank you, Bailey, for being selfless. Now we're going to put you back where you belong on the spotlight, being respected on the main stage. Because before it was like, yeah, you know, Becky being the first person, you know, first, you know, woman to win the Royal Rumble twice. Yeah, you know, it's a good accolade to have. I would have complained there. But Bailey, um, Bailey winning for the first time like that. I said Becky, right? Cause the, yeah, you're the two good. Yeah, you're good. Listen. A few weeks ago, I said, I said Braun Breaker was in WrestleMania Fatal 4-Way instead of Braun Strowman. So <laughs> I have to make sure <laughs> I get my Bs right. to the best of yeah. us. So yeah, Becky, yeah, good contender. But Bailey, I want this like, to be Bailey's redemption tour. Because I can 100% see Charlotte being the one, the catalyst to trying to build up her confidence again. And um, for me... Like I say, we, we've all been groaning. Bailey's not being the same Bailey that we know and love. She's been taking too many L's to the point where it's not effective to beat her anymore because all she does is lose. It reminds me late stage Chris Jericho before he went to AEW. You, you, you expect him to lose, you know, the veteran thing. And she's not even that old. She's still got more in her prime. Yeah, it's post knee injury Bailey. She's not the Bailey we knew from NXT or early time in the, in the main roster but I, I still feel like we haven't really Bailey hasn't been given an opportunity since her matches with Bianca to do more 
Mm-hmm. It's been safe mode. Two minute, three minute TV matches we've been getting. Trios matches. You know, she, when she wrestles Charlotte now, it's two minute squash matches now. So we haven't really seen her go full pelt. Maybe they've been waiting for her like a year. I don't know how it works for wrestlers. Maybe they need a year to settle in before they go ham as a wrestler again. You know, they have to go slow for a bit. But I feel like it's time that Bailey gets her, her, her reward for being so selfless in that group. And, you know, her versus EO for the title is intriguing. It becomes a blood feud. Her being betrayed by her own group is kind of like the design that Edge had for Judgment Day. Let me be the leader for a bit. Then you kick me out. Then I'm mad. Then I want to wrestle you. This is what they've done. They've come to that point. Judgment Day has gone... Um, Judgment Day. Damage Corner has gone up and down in terms of where we thought the storyline was going to go. It was going to be a Hill Bailey versus a Babyface Eo Sky at one point. But they've completely rechanged things and I'm not complaining about it because off the two, Eo's doing fine and she's working well as a heel even though she's a heel that we love. I mean, she's effortlessly cool. She's got that aura. We can never boo her. But Bailey, my goodness, she's been here for too long. She's been here for so long that her hair's getting long. <laughs> so please, she's not. She hasn't. She hasn't got the Karen hair anymore. Her, people say it's by design. Is Hugger Bailey coming back? I don't want Hugger Bailey to come back because she's evolved from that. She's shown snarkiness. She can't be innocent again. The whole point was, um, it was the whole kayfabe thing of like we never seen her being a heel. So all we can see her is a hugger. She's not a hugger. She's snarky. She doesn't like Michael Cole. Mm-hmm. Just keep that going. Ding dong, hello. It feels almost like, you know how at some point people looked at Sami Zayn and... And Kyrie, every- by the way. And Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> but like, for example, you look at Sami Zayn and you go like, he was only a babyface on the main roster for like a year. And then he was a heel on the main roster for like six years. Now it's starting to feel like, yeah, Sami Zayn shows up in 2016... That's crazy. And then he turns heel at the end of 2017. And then he's a heel for 2017 all the way through the end of 2022. Because I think someone forgot to turn him babyface along the way. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, how is his default setting in WWE as a heel? It's madness. And then you had like the same thing almost with Bailey, where Bailey was a was a babyface in WWE for three years. And now she's been a heel longer than she was ever a babyface on the main roster. And it's just like, huh, Mm -hmm. at some point time catches up with you. And even though you would think that Bailey is the hugger baby face is like default Bailey in your head. Mm -hmm. She's actually spent longer as the role model model Bailey than she ever did as the hugger on the main roster. It's just interesting. But let us know what you think about Bailey, this heel turn from Asuka, where we're going to go and potentially what the teams could look like for War Games, the women's side of things, coming up in just a few weeks at Survivor Series. Let us know the answers to all of those questions in the comments down below. Make sure to like this video and give us a subscribe right here on the Russell Talk Podcast. Channel. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, do you have, do you, who do you think is gonna be the fourth, per, what, third and fourth? Because <laughs> they're missing a member now. Who's gonna be third and fourth? I think Shotzi's Shotzi, probably yeah. on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, Big push for her. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but we'll, we'll see. Everyone, I guess everyone. Everyone deserves a chance at some point. I think it's still going to be curious because there aren't any other women on the show. Maybe you could decide to do like some weird integration and bring in Kaylee Ray and Isla Dawn. Pardon me, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. Just as like, just because you need bodies. You know, they don't really have anything to do with any of this. And outside of being shown backstage for one inexplicably short backstage shot of them watching. They always forget. They're inconsistent with them. One week to remember, and next week to forget. One week to remember, ah, crap, I forgot to do a vignette. Enough vignettes, do tag team matches, man. Come on. So, they're going nowhere fast. Maybe they could be put in that match. I'm not sure. we get out of here we have some very special shout outs to give as well those being to our 25 dollar and above pledge hammers over at patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk where you can get your own custom wrestling nickname read out on a show just like this so a big shout out to always shining garrett albright yeah the hurricane gregory helms 
That's just a name. That's just I know. a guy. I know. <laughs> I know. I looked at it and I was like, oh, Gregory Helms. Thanks, man. We're, we're a huge fan of you, man. Yeah, <laughs> big fan of the hurricane. <laughs> Hannah A, baby. Yeah. Judy bus driver, Harry. Yeah. The Aztec warrior, Hector Rodriguez. Yeah. Love you, Hector. Uh, the third wild Samoan, James Barefoot. Yeah. Murderous James Murtaugh. Yeah. Wrestle Talk's personal problem solver, Jamie Donovan. Yeah. Spoke in class today, Jeremy <laughs> Smith. Yeah. John Jenkinson, son of Jenker. Yeah. The singing luchador, Joseph Santana. Yeah. The heir to the throne, Kate Ayers. Yeah. Thank you very much to all of our patrons, but especially to our $25 and above backers over at patreon.com forward slash Russell Talk. If you want to have your own custom wrestling nickname read out on a show just like this, make sure you subscribe at the $25 and above tier. That is going to wrap us up for this edition of the SmackDown Review Podcast. Make sure you go over to Parts Fun Known, where you can see the latest entry in Fantasy Booking Warfare, the first semifinal match, as Ollie Davis and Luke Owen go one-on-one -on -one as they book the Ring of Honor invasion of AEW. It should have been me! I was screwed! It's okay. Michael Oku, you screwed me! It's okay. Nina Samuels. I don't have beef with you. Michael Oak, you screwed me. Dave Bradshaw, you screwed me. They screwed me. I won. Fat Lashley, doesn't make sense. It's okay, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. House of the Black Mask, we win together. Make sure you check all that out. Make sure you check out the Collision Review podcast coming up this Monday. Make sure you have a lovely weekend, no matter where you are. I've been Tempest, that's been Sat, and that was wrestling. Jam that jam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.